Once upon a time, not too long ago. It was foretold. Oh, never mind. It was foretold that a great band would come. Yeah. Okay. But also, that's not what we watched. No. <laughs> that's 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 no. Well, no. I was gonna say it's nowhere near it, but it's pretty near it. What is that? I would say Pick of Destiny is. Oh. Probably. What is that from? Pick of Destiny. Fucking when uh, what's his name? Oh, is, <laughs> right, is introducing them at the Battle of the Bands. Oh, and they would come again <laughs> in, in your, your ear pussies. pussies. Yeah, okay. yes, that one. Fucking, what's that guy? Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah, that's that guy's God, name. God, he's so good. Someone said I sounded like him. I don't understand, but it's fine. <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins is a good. Man, indeed, he's good at things. He has nothing, however, to do with Bill and Ted's bogus journey, which was today's romp. Yeah, fuck. F- we didn't. We didn't digitize the list. We did not. We've been saying we would for like three weeks. I know, but <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Well, we have this week set for sure, so I'll just do it before this podcast. I mean, we could do it after. You talk, and I will digitize the oh, list. Oh, God, no. I don't want to carry an entire podcast. All right. Anyway, we'll get we'll cross that bridge when we come to it in 40 minutes. So, hey, kitties. Uh, we watched this movie. Whose turn is it to summarize? Yours, actually. Really? I did the last one in, like, one sentence. Yeah. This one won't be much longer. So, in this movie, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, the... Uh, lauded sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We pick back up with uh, with Bill and Ted of Wild Stallions uh, on their second pivotal moment in uh, in in history, which is where they are supposed to address the world for the first time as a band. Um, there is a evil malcontent whose name I cannot remember. Denomolo. Denomolos? Yes, yeah, Denomolos. Denom- yes. Ed Solomon backwards. R- Fuck. Yeah. It is. Yeah, he's one of the writers. Right. That well is what he does. <laughs> anyway, so that um, is trying to stop uh, Bill and Ted from... Uh, addressing the world and and creating the future utopia that that we see in the beginning of the movie. Um, they uh, they he he, Denomalos Denomalos sends uh, evil robot versions of Bill and Ted to kill Bill and Ted. They succeed. Bill and Ted come back from the afterlife and win the battle of the bands. Or play the Battle of the Bands. It's actually never stated specifically if they won. It's just implied. They won. Um, and uh, and and thwart Denomalos' plans. Even if they lost the battle, they won the war. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that's that's the whole thing. But man, is there so much more going on? Is there? No, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so what... You want me to run through my notes? <laughs> all, all two of them? <laughs> this movie 
was more entertaining than the first one. Right. But also much more eye-rolly at times, which isn't a bad thing per se, but there were a lot of, like, more gratuitously, like, uh, like jokes D- being don't, made. Don't fear the Reaper being one of them, yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Just pretty much the whole entirety of the evil robots was very cringy. And yeah. like like I don't know. This there was some there were some real cringe moments in this movie, but it overall it's pretty good. Okay. I so Oh no. I don't think I necessarily found anything about this movie to be more cringy. Okay, hold up. Let me backtrack for a second. Full disclosure, when I wrote these two movies on the list, I wrote it down as the Bill and Ted saga. I considered them to be two linked movies instead of, you know, like like Pee-wee's I I I did the two Pee-wee's movies as Separately. separate things. Because I didn't know if I necessarily wanted to do one after the other. I wrote these two down as a saga because I remember liking this movie way more than the first one. And I knew that I would reference the first one when we talked about it. And I just wanted to make correct references. So I I totally put this on the list so I could watch this movie again. I like this movie a lot. Like possibly one of my favorite comedies. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's 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 semi epic. Yeah. Uh it's not it's not crazy memorable. I so I I don't know. I like I'm alright, so I'm not a huge huge fan of like senselessly referential humor for some reason i think it works for this movie it's a parody yeah it's a it's like a parody of a parody it's a parody of the first movie which was already a parody (laughs) yeah it uh it i think it i think it knows what's i think it knows what to do with its source material which is rip on it yeah um but also love it and i think that i think that some of the writing what influenced the writers I think shows up more in this movie than it did in the other one because I don't know like there's this is not the type of place that you expect references to the seventh seal and that is all the death character was yeah (laughs) yeah and I find it great that there's a place for Doctor Who references and Seventh Seal references within a goofy early 90s stoner comedy yeah (laughs) that's fair I I feel I feel like among the I feel like among the early 90s stoner comedies that I've seen this one is a cut above just because of just because of what it references and how savvy it is with its references. That's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I would think that, like, a second place would be, like, Jay and Silent Bob Straight Back. That movie came out in, like, 2001, dude. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, still. <laughs> but but I'm with you. You, you. you understand what I mean, though. Like, I like, like that movie. Like, doing referential humor... 
I, I, I like the references more in this. The execution's probably better in Jail and Silent Bob Straight Back. The execution, yeah, that movie, <laughs> that movie is, is clean. Yeah. I, um, yeah. That's just a good movie. Yeah. We should do that. We should. We should do the entire Kevin Smith library. Also, we should do the uh, the Seventh Seal. And what you're thinking of with the Kevin Smith library, I learned the other day, is actually formally known as the, the Askew Universe. Uh, the, the View Askew Universe. Yeah, yeah, the Askew Universe. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I no, mean, I mean the entire I'm, library, including Tusk and oh, Krampus. Oh, fuck, no. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jersey Girl. That's in the Viewisk universe. I Jersey Girl's in the Viewisk universe? I think so, yeah. Huh. I, mm, I think so. Hmm. Maybe not. I honestly haven't seen it in possibly longer than I've seen the Bill and Ted movies. I've never, so, I never saw Jersey Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Not what? a lot of people did. <laughs> that was the one with Affleck and J-Lo, right? Yeah, but it, it, it was the one that Affleck and J-Lo did together after the world was tired of seeing Affleck and J-Lo. <laughs> um, so, I think a good place to start with this would say that the pacing in this movie is much better than the pacing in number one. Okay, no. Jersey Girl is not in the Viewisk universe. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, the I think the pace I think the biggest I think the biggest departure that that makes Bogus Journey better than Excellent Adventure would be the pacing. Because the pacing in the first movie Well this movie feels like a movie. Yeah. The other one did not. No. The other movie felt like a stretched out. I kinda episode I kinda of, liked uh, that though. Of I was about to say the Happy Days animated series. <laughs> did you ever watch the Happy no. Days animated series? I can't say that I did. They, they traveled back in time. Mm. It was... Cool. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? This movie feels like a movie. The other one did not. I kind of like the non-moviness of it, though. Yeah? Of the other one. I actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say gut, um, gut reaction here. I think I like the first one better. Really? Yeah, I like a lot better. This movie, this movie throws a lot of things at you. It, it does. It throws a lot of concepts at you. It goes a lot of places, and I like that. Right. The other movie doesn't throw a lot of different, like, like it does like three things. It, it it goes and gets people from history. It goes to the mall, and it go, and it does the report. <laughs> right. Like that is it. Yeah, it's this it's movie. A, it's a very simple structure. This movie, you've got two like t- multiple plot lines running at the same time. You got evil Bill and Ted trashing fucking San Dimas, who wonderfully tra- refer to themselves as evil Bill and Ted. Yeah, <laughs> you've got good Bill and Ted who die. And, like, are in the spirit world. They go to hell. They get they, caught up in a seance. They get, yeah, they, <laughs> they are a part of a seance. They possess people. They go to heaven. <laughs> um, they are at the Battle of the Bands. They are building a robot in the back of a of their van with alien creatures. They called, Melvin death. Called stations. Yeah, they, they Melvin... <laughs> 
uh, the Grim Reaper, who then becomes like their ally. Like, don't get me wrong, it's it's good, but this movie is like all over the fucking shop. <laughs> I I I like that though. To me, it's like it's it's way more memorable for that. Also, I think that. So I, I think that the writers got or maybe not the writers per se, maybe this is more on the editing department, but the movie got its shit together on editing, and I feel like it also included... I feel like the inclusion of death as kind of a straight man to Bill and Ted's bullshit is highly beneficial to the comedy. Like, I feel like Bill and Ted can get away with a lot more comedically when they have a straight man around. That's fair. And I think I think Death is kind of the unsung hero of this movie. Death was de- <laughs> Death and Station were my two favorite characters. Absolutely, for sure. Absolutely, Station was awesome, <laughs> and and Death really like really like ma- is what makes the movie enjoyable for me. Yeah, I uh, yeah I I think I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, Bill and Ted Death top five death personifications whoa yeah yeah who are the other four uh top would be neil gaiman's sandman series Uh slash death series death yeah and uh number two would definitely be discworld death terry pratchett never read it oh it's super good. Number three, Billy um, and Mandy. <laughs> uh, number three, I would have to get back to you on three and four. I know, I know that there are some. I know that there are some other death personifications rattling around. Actually, no. I'd go ahead and say number three is definitely the um, the Seven Seal death, of which the Bill and Ted death uh, takes off of quite heavily. Uh, so number four would be Billy and Mandy. Uh, m- maybe, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> well, well, mm. dude, you can't say you don't love Grim. Mm, Grim is wonderful. I don't know. Get get back to me on my number four spot for death. <laughs> this is the kind of content you guys are paying for. <laughs> um, Top five deaths in movies and <laughs> film and literature. Dude, let's hang up this podcast thing and just start doing clickbait articles. <laughs> I was thinking top ten YouTube videos. <laughs> right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's where the money is, dude. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube will pay you. They will. Fucking I don't, podcasts won't. I don't know what we're gonna do here. Still wait. Still, <laughs> still waiting on you, Squarespace. <laughs> Holding out hope. Yeah. Writing love letters. Yeah. <laughs> Square Squarespace stamps dot com yeah Audi- audible Casper we're, mattresses we're, we're waiting yeah <laughs> the great courses <laughs> um so things that have not changed from movie to movie uh, Bill and Ted right they do guitar stuff right and and for the best because Keanu Reeves. Still doing some of the most diverse acting roles yeah. of his career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really falls off after this. It, it, just, just everything from everything from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, super downhill. Yeah, fucking uh, Matrix. Nah, Pshaw. Lame. <laughs> Constantine. What is that? Yeah, dumb. What is that movie? The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah, which uh, I've I've. I've heard, 
I've heard... So I have not seen the remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still. No. Because I saw the original Day the Earth Stood Still mm-hmm. back in high school, and mm. I was like, eh, why would I bother? And the remake came out while we were in high school. Yeah, I, I'm pretty... I'm pretty sure. I think we were in the same like film club at the time when the remake came out. And I'm pretty sure that we watched the original directly as a response. No, Did I, no, no, that wasn't a film club thing. Damn, um, man, film club, f- film club, dude. Them's 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 were the uh, the days. Them's were the halcyon days, <laughs> like of of movie watching. That was really like. <laughs> what informed the podcast? Yeah, honestly, this all goes back to film club. Film club and my <laughs> Linton film class, also in high school. Um, Two very differing bases of movies, but uh, but but I've I've heard Keanu get praise for the day of the Earth still. Really? Yeah, be like, wow, he plays an emotionless <laughs> husk of a person that's, really well. That's pretty much what I've heard. I've heard a lot of people be like. They cast him so well. Like, yeah. Not like he acted so well, but just they they picked the perfect guy to be totally fucking stone slab emotionless. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. I still, for all the shit I talk, I love Keanu Reeves. He's all right. Like, I like a majority of his movies. I like The Matrix. The ones that I don't like, I still like just for watching him be a strange reptilian emotionless creature yeah <laughs> Constantine was terrible Constantine Constantine's the only one I don't watch and that's because I like the comics <laughs> and they have literally like zero to do with one another anyway they could have they could have named that movie something else entirely yeah <laughs> so Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is, is a movie where Rufus is in it George Carlin returns as Rufus yeah uh, very briefly yeah again yeah um he, he did not have the time <laughs> he, he once again George Carlin left us wanting more <laughs> right and oh, oh rip rip George Carlin rip George Carlin Let's do Dogma next week. Can we? Make this an impromptu Carlin month. <laughs> wait. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> I was thinking, wait, is George Carlin in Dogma? Yeah. Am I just imagining that? Yeah, he's the he's, Cardinal. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> Dude, everybody's in also, that. Also, also, Rufus the 13th Disciple, played by Chris Rock. Hmm. 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 No. Mate. No. Dude. Is Bill and Ted part of the universe? It's not. It's not at all. Is it? Is it the West Coast universe? No. <laughs> I I don't know. We'll let the internet sort that one out. They, they won't. <laughs> they won't. Uh, it's not. <laughs> what else is? Is there one more like movie, like good movie that would that would qualify for our our weird podcast criteria? With with Carlin with in Carlin it? With Carlin in it. Um, we could just do a Carlin stand-up special. That would be a very boring episode. <laughs> and then seven, he said this. It was fucking hilarious. Seven things you can't say on the radio. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, hmm, man, I don't know. So Dogma, Bill and Ted 1 and 2. And Cars. What? Cars? Fillmore. Mm. Huh? Mm. It's like the last thing he did before he died. 
I Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, he was the narrator. What the hell is? Wait, go go and, over and, some more. And go over some more. Like other way. Jan Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> That's right. He is, the, he is the hitchhiker in that. Oh, I forgot all about that. Oh, jeez. Perfect. <laughs> we've got we've got impromptu Carlin Month. It's not gonna happen. On lock. Impromptu Carlin Month over the course of two months. Ah, <laughs> uh, perfect. Yes. Yeah, he that's that's about so, it. Why is he involved in so much Thomas the Tank Engine stuff? Because he was like the narrator on the show or something. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yep. Wow. Whatever. Anyway. Um. So. I think that it was an enlightened decision on the part of the writers to still have Bill and Ted being fuck ups. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I think it would be I think it would have been really easy for them to be like, okay, so They're cool now. Yeah, they they passed the first thing, so they're good. I I like how even with intervention from a time traveling George Carlin and several historical figures and their new medieval English princess girlfriends. Right, even with all that. Who are that, better musicians than them. Right, even with all that, I've, I feel like it's awesome that they still start the story as like, yeah, They're, we're pretty directionless, we have no idea what's still, going on they've still. They've still pretty much failed to launch. <laughs> Yeah. But but it does it it does raise uh, some questions in the main narrative because by the end of this movie which is where we have to leave off here for and, now for now fingers crossed um, is uh, is is that that this is the this is the last thing that we were left with um, they still still didn't like they technically saved their own asses but they needed future help in order to save their yeah. own asses like they and not even help like they were really bailed out they're the, entirely that's, that's the characters dude they don't they they have grown in all the ways that don't matter <laughs> right <laughs> But, but, so at the end, so say what you will, but at the end of Excellent Adventure, they did end up pulling together the history presentation. Yeah. Like, not, not like they, they had help from the, you know, from the ability to time travel, but they did pull that together themselves. Uh-huh. In this one, they just, like, straight up, like, future them as, like, oh... Yeah, we got you. You guys obviously cannot handle this. <laughs> they did that. They did the same thing in the other one, though. They did the exact same thing when they were when they had to break the historical figures out of jail. They had to use future, um, future. Uh, well, they they had to use the lo- the the. We'll definitely remember to do this later. Logic. Yeah, that's thing. that's what they were doing in, uh, in, in in this one too. But I mean, 
I guess that's exactly the same thing. Yeah, so they were using that mechanic. That is a that is a that is their their circle button on their controller, and that's <laughs> like that's what they're using. Yeah, no. So so regarding that, I do like that they brought up because it's it's totally a bullshit mechanic when they bring it up in the oh, first movie. We can't even no. Yeah. We're not even gonna get into the, the actual logistics of that. Right. I do like that they bring it up in this one yeah. again to, to defeat the main villain. Yeah. Because it seemed like they were going to kind of leave that on the cutting room floor. But no, I'm talking about, like, they just, like, teleport in a future version of themselves that are already a formed band. Oh, yeah. well... Eh. <laughs> I, so that was, I thought you were talking about during the fight scene. No, no, no. No, the 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 uh, the other way. Yeah, the other thing. It's a little cheesy. It is, but they but they. And I feel like it kind of robs them of development because they're supposed to be, the you know the the end all be all you know rock band, and they're supposed to you know pretty much unite the universe. Everything well, we said in the first review. So this movie doesn't give a shit about time travel tropes, but no, it doesn't. There, there is there is one that it does well in that like every everything that happens is always like a self-fulfilling prophecy like yeah. it's 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 the freaking other part of like Oedipus Rex like <laughs> where like the actions that are taken actually are what causes the prophecy to come true or whatever. Like in like because you knew about it. So right. Like, this movie does the same thing, but on an even bigger level, where it's like, the evil guy is like, I'm going to go back and stop this from happening, and in doing that is actually the cause of it happening. He, he is actually taken down by his own hubris. Yes. Had he not taken over the, uh, the television cameras to broadcast his message to the entire world. Exactly. Yes. So what we're seeing at the end, it, or like what we've seen in the future of Bill and Ted world, if you want to get into lore, right? Bill and Ted <laughs> Which lore. Obviously, I do because I'm a pedant. <laughs> we, it's like it was. It was all brought on by his, that that those actions. So it fills in that time tra- time travel trope. It's hard to say. Fills yes. in that time travel trope very well. Of like, this is the end result that is going to happen. And the things that you try and do to stop it are actually going to cause it. Yeah, and and George Carlin says it at the beginning of the movie when uh, what the fuck was his name? Oh, uh, Denomalos. Denomalos. When Denomalos confronts him, he's uh, he. I, I can't remember the exact thing he says, but he's like, uh, you know, it, what was it? It's like something like like time will tell who the victor is, and and George Carlin. This is him confronting George Carlin in the future. George Carlin says time has already told, and yeah, uh, yeah. So so I mean it it sets that up very well, but I I I feel like with Bill and Ted's with Bill and Ted's path, their their journey through time, I uh, I feel like uh, I I feel like it's the epitome of that like without them being successful in the pu- in the future they could have never possibly been successful in the past right <laughs> yeah it's a self yeah. it's a self fulfilling prophecy right <laughs>
So, um, so them them going back there, them go like fast forwarding sixteen months of their lives to become really good at instruments. Yes. is just part of the plan. And having children, sixteen you can do that in sixteen months. Sixteen months, yes. Yeah, I was thinking weeks. No, <laughs> I was like, that means the princesses were already pregnant. Fuck. <laughs> no, this is very pregnant. Yeah. No, they said sixteen months, which I think yeah. is a, that is a Yeah, that's fair. That's a well that's, me- fair. that's a well measured out amount of time to do what they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so uh I don't know. <laughs> yep. I was going somewhere for a second. Oh, um Ad placement. Oh, Circle K, Marlboro, Miller Lite. I didn't even see the Marlboro and Miller Lite. It was at the Circle K. Oh, okay. Fair enough. They were in the Circle K window. These movies, these movies are pretty stripped back on ad placement. They Surprisingly, are, yeah. All right, so I guess it's time for the other the other bit. We should name these bits. I mean, we named product placements everywhere. Right. What is the name of the budget guessing game? Uh, budget guessing game? Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, so let's play it. I already looked it up earlier. Oh, shit. I'm, dude. All, all prepared yeah. and shit? I do, I, um, I, I, do that, I do that stuff instead of taking notes. I, I was so busy being raptured up in the joy of this movie. <laughs> um, so right off the bat, I'll tell you this movie cost and made more than the first one. Both cost and made? Yes. Okay. Um, Which shouldn't surprise you. Right. I mean, this movie looked much better than the first well, yeah. one. Except for the intro. And the, and you gotta remember, the first one came in at the peak of like blockbuster popularity. Right. So in that time frame between 89 and 91, I yeah. think a lot of people would have seen this movie, but not at the box office necessarily. Um, yeah, the, this is this is the, uh, the dawn of the VHS yeah. age. Yeah. Uh, so I, like I had a VHS of these movies, and right. I I never even like watched them. <laughs> um. Okay, so I'm going to say budget mm. twenty million. Okay. Uh, made. I'm gonna highball it. I'm gonna go sixty. Ooh. Sixty million. Too high. Oh damn! Once again, <laughs> you were right on. With, you were right on with the budget. Yeah. Twenty million. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, made like forty-ish million. That's respectable. Yeah. That's in any time you can double what you cost. Yeah. That is that is good. That is good enough to warrant making this a trilogy. Yeah, don't uh, you think? Yeah, I think so. I'd what? watch it. What? What do? What are? What are your? What are your? Thirty-eight million is what it. What it grossed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, what are your hopes and expectations? Oh, Jesus. Should a third Bill and Ted movie? Well, I'd really be like. Made? I'd really like George Carlin to be in it. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> we'll keep our options open, yeah. like. Hologram technology is yeah. really taken off. Yeah, I mean we had hologram Tupac. Yeah, anything's uh, possible. I don't know. Time travel. Who would you like the same actress who played Missy to be back? And who would you like her to be married to? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Anyway. <laughs> no. My biggest question about the sequel, I think, and this this came to me during the, the movie today. I was like, what? So, what would I want from the characters of Bill and Ted? I don't think they're going to have the. Well, okay. So, would you want them to, this to be like set shortly after the events of Bogus Journey? And just not reference the fact that everyone's like 40. <laughs> Is 50-ish? Yeah. <laughs> Which is improbable. Or would you rather have it set, you know, in modern-ish day with, with Keanu Reeves, Bill and Ted in their, you know, late 40s, whatever, early 50s? Um, or And if so, are they, like, successful businessmen? Men? Are they still in a band? Like are what like what have they been doing and like where are they at? Are they still screw ups? Are they like chilling? Are they you know what I mean? Like it's really right. tough. They, they could do literally anything with it. So so th- this is where I first went with it because 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 I have been thinking about it uh, while we were watching the movie. Not not much prior to um but while we were watching the movie and while we've been doing this I, I have kind of been thinking about where I would take it just naturally what so okay at the end of this movie they have uh they have locked in the second crucial point in their progression as world changing spiritual leaders slash rock stars Yes. They uh they are on that path. Yes. Uh what I naturally think about is a I think about them being stuck in a divergent timeline with the real amount of time having taken place. Mm-hmm. So so several, you know, what what would it be? This was made in 91. Yeah, so 25 years later. So so 25 years later. 26 now. Yeah. So 26 years later, uh they they have uh they've Bill and Ted respectively had have fallen into uh, steady routines in a divergent timeline where they were not able to get shit together, um, and uh, it, it would it would be set like a modern day sort of thing. Okay, and their their struggle, the the crux of the plot of Bill and Ted Three, I think, would be to have them realize what has happened realize the path that they were that they were back on or that they were on at the end of two and call upon uh call upon old friends and new to try and set the timeline right okay i i think and and that is that is me not having devoted you know only to find out that they were on the right timeline all along, right? They're like, like this is this is just something to set in, in place the the bare bones yeah. structure of a Bill and Ted story, i.e., time travel, a ridiculous cast of secondary characters, and a certain amount of railing against uh, mundanity. <laughs> yeah. I I I I think that I think that that's that's where I would go. Um, 
I do really hope this gets greenlit. Honestly, I, I just want to see what's gonna happen. Like, I, I want to see, I want to see Keanu Reeves go excellent again. One, one last time. Yeah. Make Keanu excellent again. <laughs> Make Keanu excellent. <laughs> uh, dude, dude, everyone's just not being excellent to each other, as the meme says. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um. So. Did you have any like standout? Because we we've done this before. Did you have any like standout shots from this movie that you liked? I know you did. I did. You're you're the type to ask a question because you know the answer to it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so there is a shot. There but are two I, but shots. I do. There's one shot at the Circle K. Yes. Where they use a Dutch angle. Yep. That's fancy. Mm. That's all that needs to be said about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> um, the uh, the other thing would be when they show up in heaven with death. Uh, you get a, like a glass bottom view of them. You uh, you you see you see them from the bottom up. You you know you're staring at, at death's bare feet and yeah. the bottom of their high tops. Yep. Bitching high tops, by the way. They're good. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's it's a well done shot. It's a shot. It's simple. Um, like another sequence, another brief sequence that that I like. It's simple, but it's it it's solidly done. It's a little a little bit more than you would generally expect from the movie. Sure. Um. Do do, did you say that you had a? Uh, yeah, I like, okay. I like a lot of the uh, a lot. Well, pretty much, even though it's some of the like props and scenery are pretty cheesy. Right. I like the whole hell sequence quite a bit. Of like yeah. all of the, all of like hell is steampunk as fuck in this universe. Like. It is gears and cogs and chains. Like, yeah, and like when they go under into their own personal hells, like the hallways are very like very very steampunky. Reminded me of the um, the Dwemer ruins from Skyrim quite dude, a bit. Dude, legitimately the the uh, the personal hell sequences with the bunny rabbit so so the so the drill sergeant so there's a drill sergeant uh sequence that they're both in yeah and then they split up and uh and they're both turned into uh like 10 year old versions of themselves yeah and uh bills is a uh is is being 10 and at his grandmother's birthday party. Yeah. And her and, asking him for a kiss. Yeah. And, uh, Ted's is him confronting a horrific Easter bunny type. God, character. it was terrifying. Legitimately. Very, very terrifying. Like it, unsettling. It, it blindsides you a little bit for this movie because, most of it's pretty lighthearted, and it's not like this is dark by any means. No. Like, like looking back on it, it's not like it's really a huge outlier. When it happens, though, you're just like, ugh. Yeah, it, it, it legitimately makes your skin crawl. Uh, mostly the bunny. The grandma, I'm pretty sure, I, and I haven't looked this up, but I'm pretty sure it was Alex Winters in Grandma Makeup. I think so. Which, uh, which affects, with, which affects, 
effectively creates a sense of the familiar and unfamiliar and thus alienates you. The bunny, however, is just straight up like uncanny Chucky level. Yeah, it's <laughs> of, weird. Of, of you know it's a puppet, but good lord, it's a creepy puppet. Yeah. Um and uh and both both sets or all three sets for their personal hell things. Uh, very, very well done in the kind of uh, early Tim Burton expressionism. Sort you know of what style. my favorite set was? Yeah, the Go set, ahead. the set where they were playing games against death. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite sequences. Yes, good sequence, but the the, <laughs> the set they're in is is nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. It's, it's like an abandoned banquet hall, like gothic kind of first, first floor of like a gothic hotel or something. Like it, it is cool. And they're playing. They they play Battleship, Twister, uh, electronic football, electronic football, and Clue. Yes. <laughs> and that up against the background and the like, very obviously Seventh Seal reference death is uh it 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 creates uh it creates a good atmosphere (laughs) all right so how are we gonna pick a movie for next week um well that depends do you want to confront the list or are we going to see resident evil 6 in theaters (laughs) That's, that's not for like three weeks oh that's the end of the month oh is it like the i thought it was like the 6th no it's like the 27th oh okay Alrighty, so looking at the list, um, uh, there's half of it. Here's the other half. Um, God, I hate it. We really, really have to digitize. What this. are we gonna do? Uh, I don't know. How can we get Lucy to pick a movie? Oh, looking at the list, that is my fourth favorite death. Absolutely. Death takes a holiday. Okay. Ah, I'm glad. I'm glad that at some point, I thought to put that on the list. Yeah, that is totally my fourth favorite death. All right. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> some of these movies I don't even know what they are. Yeah, that's kind of by design. <laughs> I'm I'm the same way with. A that's lot what of our them. listeners think when they look at the episode <laughs> list. Like what the fuck? I've never is even this? heard of Cool World. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, um. Okay. So you want to do a die roll? Do you want to do a random point I don't method? Fucking no. Would you like to? Um. Do I got what? it. Do you have a highlighter around here? No. I have. A have anything that would work as a highlighter, like a sharpie, maybe a sharpie. Grab me a sharpie. Okay. I will hold the sharpie. Oh my god! Right here. You will put something underneath me, and I will try and circle something. Oof. <laughs> I know there is a large potential for failure here. Why don't we do it this way? Why don't you hold the sharpie straight out in front of you? Okay. And I will like swing the notebook at you, <laughs> and whatever gets marked, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. Ready? Hold it like at a forty-five degree angle up. Forty-five degrees. Nope. In between that. Ah. There you go. There we go. All right. Ready? 
Yeah. I'm not going to hit you, I promise. <laughs> One, two, three. Uh, in the heat of the night. Whoa. What's that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. In the heat of the night. Whatever that is. How, you put that on the list. I said, that was forever ago. <laughs> uh, Whatever. We'll figure it out. So, uh, in the spirit of Bill and Ted, uh, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes.